Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm not bald. I shaved my head. You want to stay? This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I might never have liked you. Point of fact, I despise you. But that doesn't suggest I don't respect you. Dying in our sleep is a luxury our kind is rarely afforded. My gift to you. Son number one. Yeah? This tall drink of cocksucker ain't dead. No, kiddo. At this moment, this is me at my most masochistic. Bill, it's your baby. Bang! 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 He shot me down. Bang! 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 I hit the ground. Bang! 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 That awful sound. Bang! 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 That woman deserves her revenge. Tall drinker. Cocksucking dead. We have a sudden night fight. Your instrument is quite impressive. You're like a samurai sword. I like this. Grow up if you still feel raw about it. I'll be waiting. All right. How do you like two parters? Not not really a sequel. You have part one, you have part two, and they're just stories that are related by two words, each that have four letters and both have ill in it because it's ill ill kill bill volume one uh written and directed by quentin tarantino i think most of our audience would have absorbed this movie on an occasion or two what do you think about that fellas i would be certain that anybody that likes movies would have watched these movies yeah probably that sounds about right bold bold um, Uma Thurman, <coughs> Lucy Liu, Vivica Fox, Michael Madsen, kind of in this one, Daryl Hannah, David Carradine, Sonny Chiba, Julia Dreyfus. Uh, there's a couple other faces of people like um, Michael the, Parks. The, the first murder. Did you say her name? What's her name? Um, Vivica A. Fox. F- yeah, yeah, she's Vivica. Super I got her. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I got her. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. She's uh, I ain't Larry, miss no Vivica. She's Larry's no, Larry's wife and uh, Kirby <laughs> enthusiasm. Uh, his second wife. <laughs> she's the one who chases Susie away when she screams at Larry. That's so awesome. It is. I really like her. She's also in Independence Day, which probably most people know her from Independence Day as Will Smith's girlfriend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. She's in I, some I do shit love her in Kurt. with uh, yeah. Eddie Murphy and uh, stuff from old times, wasn't she? A bit, yeah. She, I believe, I believe that is absolutely correct. That's what I think. Um, so they say this movie was made for thirty, uh, brought in about one hundred and eighty in the box office. But as it was kind of being filmed, uh, it was filmed. Part two was all filmed at once. It was going to be one movie. Um, and however he was going to edit it down uh, at the time, certain rapists were like, your movies have to be shorter uh, at Miramax. So, um, You're gonna so yeah, to they made it down. Yeah. I'm just kidding. 
yeah, maybe. Well, the big rapist um, <laughs> piece of shit whose name I just won't utter because he's a he should just be. He's probably got a little dick too. There you go. Just hey, putting that out there, car- karma wise. Like, like him. All of a sudden, yeah, dick you can do him though. Fucking, I think so. Like that's probably why he like felt like he had to do his aggression thing because he, whatever, whatever. Saying, now, anyway, now everybody with a little dick split. is a is a <laughs> serial <laughs> rapist. No, that's not what Jonathan. I, that's not what I said. Jonathan, There's many you many me. good people in in of course. both communities, right? Of Isn't course, Johnny Johnny yes. Johnny Boy is going to be doing some editing bit later on this one why no no <laughs> i'm just kidding i won't i'm just kidding I'm never i'm joking would. anyway they decided to split this movie into two um so we're gonna cover part one for now and we'll cover part two for later usually i focus on these kinds of movies as like this has to stand on its own um so if you didn't watch kill bill 2 you'd still have a kind of satisfactory movie going experience even if it's left on a bit of a cliffhanger because in certain cases I bet we wish there are sequels that had never been made and the movie just left off with that oh what'll happen next feeling inside you and you're like ah you know what whatever I think happened happened imagination (laughs) so um yeah two movies this one comes in just under two hours which was uh, a very 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 good thing um, I was not I, I for, for whatever reason I was thinking that this was going to be a little over two hours and that was going to scare me but yeah. 150 something 151 I was like perfect that means like a, a viewing screen time is going to be like 140 145 great I can I can definitely deal with some samurai action and um, this movie gets going immediately does it not like I, I've seen I guess history wise with this movie I've seen it a bunch over, I've seen this movie ten times or more for sure. Yeah, you, yeah, you and you, pro- probably this one I've seen more than the second one for sure. I think that doesn't mean the second one isn't good. I think I like this one better. I think I, I just, I mean, it's got a big climax, right? I mean, this is like a huge. The, the fight scenes are what really drew me to this. Um, the, yeah, I love uh, I love all of the stuff they do with uh, her fighting the eighty-eight. All of the fights, even between her and Vivica A. Fox. This time, I I really watch for the directing at the beginning when they fight in the house, and the editing and stuff, and the way that it is edited also makes it so much more powerful. And the the way that the shots of a knife going in a table are shot of a fist hitting a face, um, gives it so much more power and punctuates it. The sound, yeah. the sound effects as well, and I never once noticed a stunt double that wasn't um, Uma Thurman or Vivica Fox. I'm sure they were in there, but there wasn't a scene where I could notice that. It just fe- it felt like it was them the whole time. It felt real. No, it shot extremely well, and like you say, that those sound effects are done so well. Like John and I were both commenting when we were watching this that like that first knife strike. Uh, comes out and there's like a very visceral and the camera movement is so fast and it tracks it and then it stops right at the impact right and then that sound is also like kind of like got that percussive fucking um, high point to it it's so uh, it's such an exciting way to watch combat and then I love that he goes from that amazing initial fight scene to humor where her daughter shows up on the bus and they're both standing there with their knives behind their backs and she's like honey 
your dog made a damn fool of himself in this living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the living room is destroyed. She's like, Barney did this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Her expression. And just the way she asked that question, <laughs> what? The dog did. Like, the dog's never done this before. So anyways, I love that he cuts. I love that he cuts the action with humor. It's um, I love that. It's He does it a lot in this. I think not not only yeah. is their fight scene a really great way to just like get you into this movie, but the the opening as well is really really powerful. Um, where over the credits you hear her breathing like crazy, oh God, and then yeah. all it shows is the black and white of her like the moments before she gets a bullet in the head, and um, David Carradine's um like great voice in the voiceover, but he's there, so it's not really voiceover. So, um. It's just it's it's to the point. It's deadly. It, it like hits. The last thing she says is so full of intrigue. Yeah. Um. And it's like so quick and graphic the way it the shot happens and the sound there too. The gun. The sound of like him pulling the gun out. You see her reaction going all wide eyed and then she says her words and then, um, he cranks down and it's so loud and abrupt. Uh, it's such a crazy opening to the movie and then, yeah, she pulls up in the pussy wagon and then gets in a crazy fight which if you pay close attention to is the second crazy fight that she's had because she's already crossed Cottonmouth off her list. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk about that, but first I wanted to talk about the opening too. John said something when we were watching the movie that was fascinating to me. And what he said was, this is the inciting incident. And he's right. So the inciting incident is the opening of the movie and it's, yeah. it's within the first minute or so of the movie. Yeah. And um, we don't have any setup. We don't know who the characters are. We don't know anything about them or why they're there. But I feel like it's such an intriguing way of doing <laughs> it that it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Which that's what the voiceover helps with Uma Thurman. Because she fills in like so many blanks for us with the voiceover. That once again, are not. it's not visual voiceover. It's all backstory. So the voiceover is great actually. Because it is giving us so much information that we don't know about as we're seeing a scene unfold between these two people. That yeah. that, that would be the only way to tell that story, really. That's, that's the, smart. was smart of him to do that. Yeah, the voiceover in this, uh, I had zero problems with any of it because none of it was describing what was happening on screen. It gives you the necessary bits of information to get you into what's happening or going to happen in a scene, and then you watch. I think there's even some points where the voiceover's like, and what this person thinks is, and then we're in the scene, and it's then the the characters are talking, and there's no more voiceover, and then you're just, you're done. And I'm like, oh, that was it was a nice blending because then you know it's not as much of an afterthought. Like I'm sure in a lot of cases. In other movies, the filmmakers are making them and then they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, no one's going to know what the fuck is happening here. How are they going to know? And then it's like voiceover. And then they probably go record it in post because they knew it was necessary. I don't think that's every case. There's probably scripts out there where it's like, and the voiceover here will say, oh, what's happening on screen because I'm a moron or some shit like that. Um, but for reals, uh, this movie feels like it really incorporated the voiceover well and in that it's by the bride and... Uh, giving us the, the 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 relevant info to keep us going forward. This is really complicated. What's going on? There's so much shit in the background. Like anything really before the bride got shot in the head, we 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 don't really learn about in this movie. That's in this part two where that we get way more of the backstory about the 
the the Fox Force Five or whatever the fuck it is. The, the voiceover too is good characterization because of the way that she talks about things gives you a good idea of what kind of character she is. The way that Tarantino wrote her explaining and this person, like blah blah blah. The, just the way she says it and the way he wrote it gives you an idea of who this who this person is, like yeah. their their point of view and stuff. So that's a great thing the voiceover does as well um, to open this movie. Yeah, I think the yeah. whole opening of the movie is... I, I, I wouldn't edit it. I wouldn't shorten it. I wouldn't change it. Um, I even like the where her daughter... Um, I, Brent pointed out to save the cat is her putting a knife behind her back and hiding it from her daughter. And then she also agrees she won't kill her in front of her daughter and that they should have a knife fight in an alley that night and both wear black. So she, she, that is her being nice because she didn't, have, she didn't have being to be honorable. that nice and honorable. And then yeah. she, that, the, the, the Vivek, a, what's Vivek a Fox's code name? Uh, Copperhead? Yeah, something like that. But she should have been Black Mamba, she says. Copperhead. Yeah, but so yeah. she, she shoots at her with the cereal box and betrays the, the blam cereal, the pack they just made, <laughs> which was that they the, weren't going to fight till tonight. She tries to take her out. So then with a, with a pistol in a box yeah. of kaboom and then Uma Thurman kaboom has to defend herself. So Shit. she kills her in self-defense, not in revenge, even though she, well, she still wanted her revenge. She was defending yeah. herself against a woman she, with a pistol. So yeah, <laughs> that's do? the thing is that, that I, I, like, Vivica broke the peace. Yeah, totally. I, I guess like it was, should have been an honorable fight. Like we'll go, we'll meet pistols at dawn, made the best fighter win. And instead she was like, fuck, and she did it. She poorly. was just trying to sneak. We all we all decided. I was trying to think. I was trying to think about it because th- you'd be holding a pistol in a box of cereal in the bag. It'd be hard to hit something precisely. But um, Fredita Green is Sorry. is super badass. So yeah. maybe she shouldn't have missed, but she did, and then didn't get off a second shot in time that a coffee cup could be kicked at her and then a chest thrown in plunged into her chest. Nobody and then trains it's all... to shoot through a box of loose cereal. Um, no, but you know the feeling of a pistol in your hand. And from point blank, I'm telling you, the majority of the bullets, and I'm not a super trained marksman by any chance, yeah. but I'm betting yeah. like that I know the, the feel of a gun well enough to be able to do that. And these people are like <laughs> top of the game assassins. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't I I'm um I will say that the bride definitely has lots of moments of luck throughout this movie. Like tons of skill and tons of like being badass and confidence and all that, but there are times when like even she is like wide-eyed that's a blade just missed her head. Yeah. And I think in those and it it happens um kind of in that fight right there. She was caught totally unawares and by surprise and it was just by luck that it was a miss that she survived. But I don't know. Like surprisingly, she's, uh, ordained or something. It's true, and like so, when certain characters in at big moments get saved by luck or are just like super lucky with everything that happens, it drives me crazy. But for whatever reason, for this movie, the luck that the bride is afforded is uh, her her journey supposed to be amazing and a little unbelievable. Um, and as much as she does to control her destiny and make those decisions and drive things forward, so like she's totally a forward, active character. It's still okay in my mind when she gets a bit of that luck my, on her my side. My theory about the luck not being a big thing is because the whole beginning of the movie is her 
losing her baby, getting shot in the face, losing her fucking husband and all that shit. There you go. And so, like, she's due a little bit. So when these things are happening, she's still also getting beat up all the time. Like, she's not... Yeah. Like, that's something that I love about Ip Man, is that Ip Man is, is undisputably the best. And he, like... He walks through things and just fucking destroys. And that's awesome to see sometimes. But the bride isn't that. The bride um, is fighting people that have like a commensurate skill level. So she's taking some shit. Yeah, that's a good. I like your analogy. It man is the best at fighting, but he's not the best at life. Yeah. Life catches up with him. And it's the same with the bride. But because they deal with such. They've, they have to overcome such odds and they've had such wrong done to them. And this movie, like it hits you within the first couple of minutes of, of how much has been done to the bride. I mean, you don't even think about that her husband and her the whole wedding party, which at the time you don't know the size of it or anything to do with it. But you don't even think that her family might also have been have been killed because it really it's that she was done dirty while pregnant um, mm. and lost her baby. And that's that's all you need in the movie uh, when she wakes up out of her coma. Um, Uma Thurman's job of like losing it for a little bit there is is uh, heart heart is touching very touching. I think heart honestly touching. watching that scene again the other night where she <laughs> she realizes her baby is no longer she she's lost her baby it's not there any longer is yeah, not only is it heartbreaking but for me that was like Oscar award winning acting like she she like completely has a meltdown. Uh, uh, with no words in front of our eyes and and I it's 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 incredibly moving and powerful I was so impressed that 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 was her performance in this movie because she didn't need to do a lot of that stuff in this movie a lot of the time she's confident and cocky and prepared and she trained or whatever but but that's the big moment of vulnerability for her in this movie and she like nails it Oh yeah, it instantly gets you on her side. Yeah, even oh, though yeah. she's an assassin, <clears throat> right? Um, it really does. Yeah, and you totally maybe don't does. get that much of it yet. They use more of the fact that she's an assassin in the first movie just to set up how big of a badass she is. Um, yeah, you get a little bit more of her training yeah. and stuff in the second movie, but you didn't even need to have that for the first movie. You you understand no. where she's cut. You understand oh, where yeah. she, she was cut from. That cloth. The only training that we see <clears throat> is um, when Hattori Hanzo says, it'll take me a month. You can stay yep. here. I suggest you train. And we don't see her train, but we know that she trained. Oh, yeah. Which yep. to we me see is the results later. Which also, okay, so this is a thing that bugged me, but I think I just kind of explained away um, that bother. <laughs> well, so yeah. the fact that she kills Orenishi first... And then drove the pussy wagon to uh, to what's her name? Anita Green is that who you said her name was? Vernita. Vernita K. Fox. Okay, Vernita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the fact that she drove the pussy wagon there, and she's already been to Japan for more than a month and all that shit, like you can't come back and rely on this dead guy's fucking truck pussy to not wagon. be in the system. I agree with that 100%. So that to me, that to me feels weird because I hadn't necessarily noticed that before, but I did notice when we watched that movie this time that that was crossed off the list first. Yeah, so she would have taken it to the airport. Is a throw, but it does make sense for her being more able-bodied and able to take on Vivica um, 
because she went and got this sword and because she went and trained um that's why she can go straight from the the fucking uh wiggle your toe I agree with I agree with you actually I never ass. I never thought about that you're right it doesn't make any sense it makes sense that she has However, the pussy wagon <laughs> right after she gets out of the hospital but it doesn't make sense she still has it after going to Japan and training for a month and then coming back and then she's still driving in the pussy wagon that makes zero yeah. fucking well, sense well hang on hang on sense. but I mean hang on it like we're thinking they're in a she was in a regular size city this is in Los Angeles no doubt because I know she said uh Vernita Green's a Pasadena homemaker, so that's California area. Area. So even if the pussy wagon was like linked to that guy who was found dead, and they had a local APB out, maybe they she was in a different county or something. It's not. It's not a deal breaker for sure, but interesting no. pickup, Brent. Because, I mean, still very dangerous to be driving around in a truck that if on any system. And pretty noticeable. The vi- yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the very first wagon. thing a professional <laughs> assassin would do after they killed someone <laughs> and they took their vehicle to get away is ditch that vehicle. So no, it makes fucking zero sense. No fucking yeah. assassin is like, I'm gonna keep driving around vehicle? in the person's oh, vehicle. Uh, I murdered I for a month, it. a month ago. I'm gonna and like John just said, a flashy, splashy, obvious yeah. vehicle. It's not like it's a fucking. Yeah. You know, like a fucking Hyundai Toyota or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. disagree with that. I think I think Tar- what Tarantino did was he came up with the idea of editing it that way after the fact, and didn't didn't think about those things. Already shot the her getting away well, from the hospital, going to the pussy wagon to kill Vivica Fox, and then decided to change it later in editing and stuff. That's what I think happened. Let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that a bit because. Um, um, Tarantino, you know, Pulp Fiction, very famous for being out of order. Um, I don't know if I'd say that out of order is his claim to fame, but certainly his movies are told in a non-linear order. Um, yeah, structure give us, tends to play differently. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Colin, it it does make the structure of the movie. It's not like he t- he shoots a movie and then just cuts it into a weird order, right? It's just the order in which he's telling a story along a timeline can sometimes shift for the benefit of how he tells the story, I guess is a weird fucking way of saying it. You have to look at the script to see if he changed that in post later, but, but I wouldn't have written it that, that she went away for a month and was still driving the murder person's vehicle around Los Angeles. Because it would make her the stupidest hitman in the world. Right. So I would have written it differently if that's how you want uh, to write it. An yeah. oversight. I bet that's just an it's oversight. It's not a big Cause, deal. Because the pussy wagon's funny. Ha, it ha, is ha, funny. The pussy wagon. But we already got the joke when she took it out of the hospital. So I don't know if we need it again. But whatever. She it's says fine. to someone in part two, doesn't she? Like that's that's I got, I got here in my pussy wagon. I don't know. Yeah, I think she says it to Esteban in the second one. Because I remember him saying, Pussy Wagon. <laughs> no, she's Something driving like a convertible that. in the second one. She drives a red convertible. Uh, I, I think after she sees Esteban, she gets a, con- a, a thing from him. Isn't Esteban at the end? Any. At the very, very, nope, very he's end? At the very, no, he's at the very, very... Well, he's at the midpoint, I guess. After He's right before Bud Bill. He's, he, he's the one who tells her where Bill is. That's true, but there's a lot that happens. So that's about the midpoint. Oh. I'll have to remember. Stick that in your pipe. Yeah, we we should have set part two up for closer in the future no, than no, it's fine. Like you than said, we have, but this has we'll to get stand to on it. its own. So I disagree. That's fine. All right. All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, okay, Brent. Brent, how are you with the the order of the storytelling in this? I mean, 
it could lead to some interesting continuity problems as we've already discovered. But did you find it strange that we didn't see the Orenishii interactions first and then, um, it's just such a climax. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, you got to end it with that, that. Yeah. No, you definitely have to, but I mean, like, does she need, she doesn't use the sword to kill, to kill a cottonmouth or whatever her name is. No, she does not. Uh, but so she did no get the sword. To have that. She could very well have the pussy wagon go there, right? Battle her. I would even accept like if she like slept in the pussy wagon in a garage somewhere <laughs> for yeah. like a week and trained in an abandoned garage or some shit like just, you know, just like the other thing. Just tell me she trained for a week and I'm happy. Yeah. And then she yeah, kills yeah. Vivica. Yeah. And then she goes fucking Hitori Hanzo, Oren Ishii. Then when she does a uh, part two, she has the blade and everything's tight. It's it's interesting. Like there must have been a pride thing between her and Vernita that that she didn't just like come in storming with the Hanzo sword and just cut her in half no matter what. Like she whipped out a butcher knife and she'd just be like cleave, and that would be it. Because we start we start with her being murdered. She goes kills Vernita, but by then she's already been to Japan for two things. The next thing we see is the sword being formed, which is the first thing she did when getting to Japan. Then we see. Her fighting uh, in Japan, uh, in Tokyo, or Oren is so it's back and forth, back and forth. Well, you're also See, skipping this is the why part. I was gonna say that I kind of at first I didn't like the Vivica Fox uh, fight scene being there. It felt to me like it was like oddly out of place or or unnecessary. Hmm. And. I got to say it. I do. I do think that it's a mistake, the order that he does here. I think that he tried to like continue with something and like, obviously he's great at doing that. It's not that this movie is bad because of it, mm. but I think it could be better just told maybe linearly linear in a linear manner. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't mind I, it. It doesn't ruin it for me, but I wonder if it, if it was done this way, I'd like it done better i agree with i agree with brent 100 there's zero reason to tell this story out of order just like the order that it's in would have made more sense if if that was just how she did things she it it doesn't make any sense why, why you'd have to tell it the other way it's it's almost just cut of the silly. notepad and everything is back to making sense yeah if you cut the notepad yeah you're all you good. never question the pussy wagon of vivica foxes you never fucking question you never that do she's okay no to i go. never would have no it doesn't and now so now it doesn't now make i have and her not having things. the sword also makes no sense either because she would have gotten it a month ago used it very effectively and then she didn't bring it to kill this person None of that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why they're uh, Osaka. Yeah, there has to be there has to be some kind of. That's why I a, think he didn't do this intentionally. Changed it later because because all of those things would lead me to believe. Well, that that's bad think writing. Of the footage. Otherwise. He'd have all the footage from like the Bud stuff from um, fighting with Ellie. Like Ellie and Bud or L and Bud have to go together because of the nature of the relationship between those two stories. Um, cause L kills, Bud. yeah, we're just, uh, but once again, now we're getting to the second one and then we're just, no, but all I'm saying is because like to, to, to try and like support why he cut this one this way is because I think because he had it all and it was one big movie, 
and he was thinking of how to do it when they said it's a two-parter i guess the order of this that does make sense is that the japanese uh story ends in a way bigger climax with the crazy 88 fight and then a good fight with oren herself which is a much bigger climax than then going to the homemaker's home and killing her like while her daughter's in her room reading so just make that the order that's all we're all saying yeah here. Exactly. no no i know because it's very yeah. arbitrary the decision the reason, to fuck with it well the, the thing is i think what does make sense is that oren being so like high up in her um in her uh, uh yakuza organization it has the information on everyone or, or sophie does anyway and that seems to be her point with why she would go do that first, because she needed to know where Vernita was and where Bill was. And Other than Bill, I don't make that connection at the end. She just asks about Bill and tells yeah. Bill no, she wants true. Bill to know where he is and stuff. So I don't make that connection either. And also, um, after her ordeal with fighting the 88 and fighting um, the uh, the Yakuza like um, s- master, what's her name? Uh What's her name again? Oren. 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 Yeah. yeah. She should have gone into Vivica Fox's house and just like killed her in one blow. Their fight doesn't also make like it, like it makes more sense if that's the first time she's fought since she came out of her coma more than than she just like took on the whole world and won and then she comes over and I, struggles. I also, I also with agree Vivica with Vivica yeah. Fox. Like why? Yeah. Why would she struggle with her? Yeah. It. The order does it. It it backtracks a character like because you're like you are thinking that if you notice those things right you're like jesus this was the first fight she fought the whole fucking yakuza and then a house mom (laughs) i know yeah like fuck off that hasn't fought in years that hasn't fought in years is retired and she just fought the world and comes over and still looks real good great fight but but it's i this is the very first time and I've seen this many times that I didn't think that that was the order of the movie. I always thought that this was the correct order. I always missed the the, the scratch off of her Ren's name. I didn't. I forgot about it by the end, and it didn't come back to me. I can't. Well, I haven't seen this film as many times as you guys, but I can't say I'd noticed it before this time. But I did notice it this time, and it's, I also yeah. noticed, which I will say that I really liked is in the Oren Ishii fight at the beginning, Oren pulls her blade out and um, and the bride cuts the tip of a scabbard off. And at the end of the fight, she wins by cutting the tip of her head off, which <laughs> I think is fucking wicked. It's such a wicked little nod to what's going to come, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's foreshadowing. good foreshadowing, yeah. I like <clears> that <throat> too. It, now, the other thing we're not mentioning in the structure... This, this movie's structure is pretty simple. And, like, there's not a lot of stuff going on. Like, there's there's this scene, the scene where she is getting trying to wiggle her toe, and she tells us about Oren's character and, like, her childhood yeah, and what happened to transition. her in anime, yep. which the anime in this is amazing. So whoever yeah. did that has got to be super famous. At, like, like, and then... They show like that meeting between her and the Yakuza at the table, the council meeting where she kills that guy, cuts his head off and talks about her heritage and stuff. Great characterization for her character again. So we take like a huge detour and just focus on this Oren character's whole history 
all the way up yeah. to her becoming the boss, which is all great. The way that yeah, it was and told. we all, and we also have um, a, another major segment is getting to the wiggle your toe, which is where she comes to from her coma, and we ha- learn all the story about how she was just basically raped for four years. Yeah, um, and like she'd have which, super viruses. Yeah, I yeah. mean that stuff like about uh, a million of them. We were yeah. saying as that scene was going on that, you know, that's not something people uh, having on, you know, assaulting people in comas. That no, That's not anything I ever would have thought would or could happen. But when I saw this movie for the first time, I was like, oh, my God. I bet do people that, like, do unfortunately that? Happens. Yeah. yeah, I bet it happens more than you think, actually. So that that hit me. That, that scene's always hit me and stuck with me years and years later. It's just so fucking so, dark. It's so perfectly dark and gross and the little details like how casually how casual everyone is about it. It's gross little Vaseline. Um uh. and the the characters who play it, um, they just they do it super scummy. Some of the guys who are in the Adam Sandler movies. Um I forget their names right now, but you you definitely Kevin have seen them. <laughs> McCullough or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um they did they did they play Jonathan it perfect. Lawford, Lawford. I was totally yeah. wrong with my okay, first Okay, right on. Yeah, you could have said anything, and I would have been like, yeah, that guy. <laughs> well, we, I did. It's him. And you did. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, it's uh, gross. It's gross. But then we had, so that all happens as another, like, segment of jumping around in time. And then, you know, then we get something else, and then we come back to the, or the wiggle your big toe as she is escaping, transitions into Oren's initial story. Um, but then we go to her training in Japan, and then we go to fight uh, Oren. So, yeah, like... It's interesting. Uh, yeah. The the structure is really interesting. Like is it does that at the end of the day though disrupt the segments themselves because the movie segments themselves are, are pretty fucking awesome like A game Tarantino doing his shit. Um the fight scenes are like we already said super visceral. Like the first thing I don't like in a fight scene is in the go-go fight scene when um the ball is thrown and hits a post and then bounces off and hits someone in the head. And then people start flipping in the wrong direction, really yeah, obviously on wires. Yeah. That, that stuff I didn't, that was what the first like thing I was like, Oh, that stepped over a line of even, you know, too cartoony for me, but it quickly recovers and gets back into the craziness. Um, and that, like, they're just little, little things. Other than that, I just kind of soak up everything that's happened. I watched, um, Uma Thurman really closely this time to see if it was like, if it was just the editing or if she was pulling off looking like a fighter. Um, and I think it's a combination of, of both. She looks like she like put in the work and she looks like she can actually do it. And that, that put together with, um, with the fight choreography and the, and the, and the good directing and editing, um, it comes through as like she seems like a super badass, and it's really enjoyable to watch. She does fucking kill it. I think. Yeah, absolutely, she yeah. does. Like this is my favorite, definitely by far. I've I've never been a huge fan of hers, but 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 this movie made me a big fan. This and Pulp Fiction are her two best films. Um, like, there's nothing she's done in her career that come close to these two movies. Tarantino, mm-hmm. like movie she's done, I dated her I for a while too. She's in Gattaca. She's in oh, some. She's in some comedies. Um, she's in oh, a yeah, superhero tons, comedy, and she's done a lot of work. But th- these two, by far, are her. I mean, she's a badass for life for being in this movie. Oh yeah, like 
It's like Sigourney like, Weaver gets a lifetime. Like pass. aliens, yeah. You, yeah, she goes no, down it's true. That way. Um, yeah. She'd never have to do any action movie again because she's she's done it with the best. And um, the scenes are so memorable and iconic that she's in. That fight yeah. scene she has with the last henchman with the the girl within the uh, schoolgirl uniform with that spinning chain on the yeah. chain thing yeah. is yeah. amazing. Love that scene. It's really cool. Yeah. And that character is like, that's another thing is the character design is really interesting in this. Like the characters are fun and immersive. You know what I mean? The environment is like also very fun always. Yeah. It's like very dynamic. It's like a very, um, it's very vivid. Do you know what it I mean? It never like, stops either. Like it's, no. this movie goes and it's, yeah, it's really interesting everywhere you are, everything you're looking at. A lot of the stuff in Tokyo is, is really, really entertaining. Um, I yeah, think that's why I, that way. I think that's why I ignore the book and I never notice it, the notebook and stuff. I just ignore it because I'm so immersed in the story and it's moving so quickly that I just blank that out and I, I yeah. interpret the I interpret the story the way I want it to be interpreted. Yeah. And actually the fact that you pointed that out and we've talked about it pisses me off and makes me mad because I'm not gonna be able to watch this movie again without noticing it. Yeah, and I oh, could yeah. before, and I could before. So sorry, you assholes, <laughs> you jerks, you ruined you jerks. it. Did that ruin it? I can't have ruined it. It's no, I oh. can't have. I don't think so. The music no, is I mean, great as well. I love on. the music. Yeah, yeah. Tarantino's always got they, good music, man. Yeah, and like this movie. So like this movie uh, encompasses a whole bunch of like homages to films that that Tarantino loved, which you can see in all of his stuff. You can say it's like grabbing or stealing or taking, like even down to the the point of like you know the bride who gets wronged and, and goes for revenge is based on um, uh, is based on older older movies. The older what what do they call it? There's a name for it. Um, the types of um, he did the when he did the horrorish one and the other one the grind grindhouse the grindhouse oh. movies those kinds right um, black exploitation the 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 Clint Eastwood yeah. westerns right like you can see so much of all of that stuff in this but it's all like it's just put together in a good way even if there are some some different styles and and tricks or, or gimmicks I guess from that kind of stuff or cliches even that that just most movie watchers wouldn't have the, seen before the best uh, directors add to it they they steal and they put their own flavor and that's what yeah. he that's why he is so good because he doesn't just steal he like adds to that ele- another element are uh, he he takes it and adds humor to it or it does it in a way that that isn't just blatant thievery and that's what makes him like a great director now, yeah. except for his most recent endeavor, um, which I can't stand, but in, right. in most of his films, he he does that. Even in the Western, I, I'm not a huge fan of um, The Hateful Eight anymore. Yeah. I kind of liked it more the first time, but uh, even in that, once again, he takes that genre and, and elevates it with his directing. His directing is always solid. Even in his last movie, his directing is good. It's his writing that fails in the last movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love, I would love for him to direct anything I write. If he just directed it with no writing input, 
Uh, he, I would 100% take this guy as a director. I wouldn't even like talk to him about the directing. Just let him do his thing. <laughs> let him pick the music too, for God's sake. Yeah. Because he does that well yeah. as well. I mean, and Paul Good luck Fiction getting him on board, yeah. is still, He's a I think. a great writer too. Like, let's not get He is a great ourselves. writer, but... But I just feel like that's I, the thing is that a shitty Tarantino movie is better than most. Is better yeah. than way majority. The no, vast, that's vast fair. Majority. I'm just saying. So yeah. like, don't like, don't be so hard on him. But no, he well. Yeah. So he, in my opinion, he wrote <laughs> the best screenplay of all time and the best movie of all time, which is Pulp yeah. Fiction. There is no that better last movie. movie. Was total shit though. Hmm. That yeah, his movie was the shit, Once Upon though. a Time. Yeah. The one of Once Upon yeah, a yeah. Time in California is un, unwatchable. I can't believe I got through it the first time, as long as it, it was. It tries to pay it off in the last fifteen minutes, and it's it's a great fifteen minutes, but it is not enough. No, not for the three hours. It didn't two hours earn. It didn't earn that ending. No, it didn't earn it at all. But this one does. This one earns the ending. Yeah, it it it. Uh, it it doesn't it, even though it's a cliffhanger, and even though the second volume was released six weeks six months later, um, it doesn't feel like a jip. And um, when we're done, this actually does feel like an entire movie, and I want to see the second one. But if I didn't, I guess I, I would actually be pretty disappointed <laughs> to not know what the fuck happens with Bill. But um, you know, I'm just pretty sure that from the onset, I'm pretty sure she's gonna kill Bill. It's yeah. like guaranteed, right? Like it's pretty much in the title um, uh, and from the type yeah. of movie this is. So it's really you, you need to enjoy every bit of the journey to get there. The ride, yeah. Uh, and even even with the some of the issues around some of that timing that we talked about, um, everything is so solid in between. Everything individually in its own part is so solid. You, you could like awesome. Brent said it earlier. You could completely fix this movie by taking out like one minute of footage and it's just the minute of footage where she's doing her book and you would have and it would have been it would have completely fixed it that's why i don't think that's a deal breaker the ending goes on too long as soon as she kills Oren, you should have cut to bill talking to that woman that she spared and that woman just tells her she she spared me because she wanted me to tell you these things because that scene where she's in the helmet and it's clearly not uma thurman and she ADR'd it later, and he, she's talking to her in the trunk. Was an incredible waste of our time. We don't need it. That woman explains Ultimately, everything to yeah. Bill. She explains everything to Bill in a better way. So and the just movie is cut ending that off too. Yeah, like so. It, it's all information there. we need for the next movie, not what we need at the end of the movie as mm-hmm. a last. Like, remember all this. This is happening, and this is going on, and here's and here's Bill. I think like keep some of their conversation, like introduce it as her crying and Bill talking to her. And then cut with Uma Thurman in the plane, in the jet, um, where she's flying. And you know she's going back to America to kick everybody's ass. I don't ass. need to see her in a That's jet. That's it. I just think you j- just do the, the Bill scene with her. I like the jet scene. No, yeah. I don't know. Either, either way, the helmet the helmet and trunk scene isn't isn't great. Even for like thinking of, oh, what did she do to Sophie? She said she cut off a finger for every time she lied. But we never hear her and we never see her again, so... It just doesn't fucking end up mattering. No, it I know she at all. got the information she wanted. Obviously, her mission of revenge continues. So yeah, we could have saved a little bit there um, and fuck the list. She can make the list. She just doesn't need to follow the list. Why does she have to make a list though? Either it sounds she doesn't have to. It's so an o- obviously that's an homage to something. I know, but what is she like six? 
Like <laughs> she can't. Well, yeah, she, can't. she can't remember five people. <laughs> I know, it's just the five people who killed her. So ceremony. She has to do Google it when she woke up. <laughs> who the fuck? Who's next on the again? list? I better write this down. <laughs> you dummy. Oh, she's got to write it down in big letters on a giant yeah. on a giant notepad because she's six. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. In different colors. Like it's silly. It's almost silly. So I'm fine with getting rid of that, and I'm that's fine. Fine with getting rid of the trunk stuff, and uh, and that's all you would need to get rid of. And it would be a it would be a perfect movie in an hour and forty five. How many Phils died before she made a list? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's not like the Terminator looking for all the Sarah Connors, right? <laughs> Give me the phone he book. Could, uh, He's now, a computer and he took the phone book page, I think. No, wanna, maybe that was her. Now I, I want to. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to have a scene and I want to see a scene in Terminator where Terminator is writing Sarah Connors down in a notepad and, and with red and blue, and then like crossing them yeah. off as he kills them. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I want to do. I want to add that to that movie now. Yeah, that's um, great. A couple little stories that I thought were, were kind of fun that um, after Tarantino knew he wanted Lucy Liu, uh, he had initially had um, O-Ren as a Japanese character, but because Lucy Liu has some um, variety of nationalities in her heritage, um, he re- rewrote that to be a Chinese-Japanese-American I like that character, too, in the conflict. so she could play it. I like that in the conflict it created, and, and then she had to like set them all straight about it. And she's definitely oh, yeah. touchy about it. It's obviously it come up. It felt like a personal statement. It comes it? up in the past. Clearly, it's come up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This where it feels like something the, that Tarantino put in there and she wanted like in there. Yeah. And it was just a way to like give a fuck you to anybody that ever told her something That she's like a mixed that. breed or whatever. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. It's great. I, I love the swearing in this movie too. It is excessive, but it's it's awesome. Like when Uma Thurman tells Vernita that there's not a goddamn fucking thing you can do about it. I'm just like, yeah, that's what someone as mad as her would say right there. Yeah. Uh, and then the when Lucy Liu is holding the guy's head up and she's like, like this fucker here, if you got any fucking thing to say, I'm like, yes, I, I would follow that woman anywhere. So I know now why she's the leader of that. No, you're right and uh, Brent's group. right. Tantino, can we write my dialogue? You can write, yeah. write my dialogue all day, baby. He's got great dialogue. Great yeah, characterization. Just, his di- his dialogue is characterization. That's yes. what it is. It's just like, it's so colorful and like opens the characters up. And um, yeah, I'm definitely envious and jealous of the way that he, he does that in every one of his movies, including the And it comes one. across f- for the most part as like actual what people would say, whereas many people who try and do the same thing, the characters come off as like cheesy and you're like, no one would talk like that. Yeah. But then Tarantino movies, it's like only the coolest people talk like that. He writes say the N word all the time. Well, but he writes it <laughs> the way that I think I read it in a book once, a screenplay where you want your dialogue not to be how people talk. You want your dialogue to be how people wish they talked. So you know yeah. how you're in your car driving home and you're like, oh, I wish I would have said that. Tarantino, yeah. That's Tarantino's dialogue is the wish I would have said that dialogue. He's got like a that's dream catcher. And every time yeah. someone mumbles one of those phrases, he's like, ah, oh, it's going in my movie. I will <laughs> say what you couldn't. Yeah. Saga. All right. Um, what more do we have to say about the movie? Is it time to his call it? His dream catcher is filled with the N-word? I guess. Uh, that's not what I was saying. No, <laughs> I was more saying it would be filled with all the phrases that people wish they had said but hadn't in the perfect situation, and he puts those but, in his movie. Yeah. Oh, and, and if that's the case, that N word, maybe that's why there's all the N words in his work because those are the 
phrases that people wish they had said the most. The I, I don't know. He works in the South a lot. Yeah. He works in mysterious <laughs> ways. And, yeah. and, and, and mysterious racist ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I do like yeah. that idea that that is what um, good dialogue is and that's what he does. It's, uh, it's yeah. definitely interesting. Yeah. I do like that. Yeah. Right on. All right. Well, it sounds like it's time to call Kill Bill Volume 1. Yeah, let's um, kill kill bill let's kill the end of this review i'll just uh, you want to go first johnny well i was just going to jump in and say that i think yeah. it, it definitely it definitely holds up um it's real interesting to think that something so minor as having a list could could cause us to think about the movie in a slightly different way uh and it's wow it made me question some things i had not quite questioned about this movie and while i have really enjoyed this movie in the past something always has like made it stand apart from like being my absolute hands down favorite Tarantino film even though like so much of the shit that's in this is is right up my alley there's awesome dialogue really great fight scenes it's it's gory it's intense it's got tons of the cool um so yeah it just it hits all the right notes for me and um the little bits that we talked about just just not enough to, to even slow it down an in, in, in inch it's just so entertaining to watch i love this movie start to finish so it holds up and uh i'll probably watch it a lot more cool it's cool man it's a cool movie fuck yeah assassins yeah well i would like assassins to say that if, if jackie brown and pulp fiction are tens which i think they are and this was a nine after having this conversation about that stupid notepad, it did drop a little bit because I did never realize that. But of course, it still holds up. But that's going to bother me now, unfortunately. That's the thing that pisses me off the most. But yeah, I love this movie. I'll, I've watched it a million times. I'm sure I'll watch it a million more. Um, I am actually really interested to see the second one. Um, excited and um, because I haven't seen it in a while. And... Um, I'm wondering how um, it's gonna if it's gonna complement this one or yeah it's gonna be interesting to watch the second one now I think we'll have to do it for the show yeah Brent, yeah we'll do it in a, in a couple of months we're Brent, full up it, till then does it hold up for you <clears throat> yeah I mean it holds up it's not perfect I yeah I mean I saw this in the theater and it never sat well with me I don't think I could ever understand why um. But I liked it, but it just wasn't something I've ever watched like a ton. Would you um, watch it more now after seeing it again? No. Mm. No, I it's it's a good it's a great flick. I I dig it mm. and uh and I like it. It's just not one that I'm compelled to rewatch a bunch. No, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. And I feel like it's because like I get it. Right now I get it, right? There's like to me it's not a rewatchable movie because I mean what am I looking for, right? I mean I guess uh, I did pick up two things here and there's probably a ton of things that Tarantino throws in that are interesting. So I don't mean to like you but know, this, denigrate that aspect, but Yeah. It's you know what I'm saying. Shit. It's not it's not meant to be a complicated story. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to finish going into that. Finish your review, Brent. Go on, man. Um, no, really just that. It's it's really just that it is. Um, it is a good movie, and it is interesting, but just for me personally, it's not my favorite. Um, 
but that doesn't stop. Yeah, it's not my favorite either. Like, it's it's really as much as I like this movie. The fact that this guy made two even better movies is crazy. But for me, the fight scenes are some of the best fight scenes that I've ever seen in film. Um, The Vivica Fox and and in the beginning is like so incredible. Just I just enjoy watching that fight scene and. And all of the elements, the the throwing each other into the glass and the table flipping and the knife going through and the next knife coming through. And there's just so much going on. And then the fight scene at the end, of course, which I think someone did mention this time that it did go on for a little too long. Like we we changed um, the colors, our lighting, our environments too much. We didn't. We it's the last piece little bit that she's on it. dead. It's so the, where is the excitement? Yeah, yeah. the last no it's the last the piece end. when she fights in the in front of the giant screen when the color comes back and then the lights in the whole place go out. It's that segment that doesn't fit for me. Mm-hmm. However, she got there and then she can fight the last guy, the 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 head honcho guy cuz that's what she runs into after she spanks the guy with her sword and tells him to go home. They should have gotten. They should. They could have gotten rid of that. That first of all, that yeah. was on a sound stage, shot on a sound stage with that blue light behind it. That wasn't yeah. in the room any longer, so yeah. it almost felt like a cheat because they they jumped out of the set and just went to a stage with a big blue light on it. So I didn't like that. And secondly, Brent's right. It gets tiresome, like that. Yeah. She can never be hurt, so you can't. You can only go on that for so long with until it gets boring and the stakes get too yeah. low. For, yeah. for her, yeah. And like, so you go, needed the go, go. bad guy, this last bad guy to come sooner. And yeah. then all of a sudden the threat level goes up again that yeah, maybe yeah, this yeah. guy might beat her. But that's yeah. the thing is that we've already seen her name crossed off in the beginning. That so too. So the whole last part of the movie is building to something that we know happens. You're right. We yeah. know she doesn't yeah. even get injured because she has to go and fight after Vivica. that. To Vivica Fox's place. Yeah. Bad, bad And writing. like have enough time yeah. to heal from the giant gash that's carved out of her back. All right, now it's down to yeah. an eight for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Like, it's these little things I don't think I, I, I consciously knew. It's it's the par- elements, though, that just always told me that this was a good movie. It's lots of fun, but it's not as deep as, as Pulp Fiction or Jackie Brown. No. Yeah. Um, and so for that reason, I think that's why it has somewhat limited, like it's just to that, like throw it on. Cause we're going to watch some like awesome samurai fights, right? Not yeah. because I want a brain teaser or I want a, a, an emotional story about a lady who lost her daughter. Right. It's not about that. It's, it's complete revenge, but, but that's okay because I do need that kind of movie every once in a while. And this scratches that itch. So good. But you know what? That's, that's a great point of what you just said about, about the characters and, because you, can, the problem with his last movie is you can't relate to those characters. They're not very relatable. The actor who's like kind of lost his like, you know, his like, uh, he's not in his prime anymore. And then the the body, the uh, the stunt court, like I don't give a shit about those characters. I don't, I don't want to see them succeed. Like, what are they succeeding towards? Where whereas in Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown and even this. They're moving towards something that we can clearly see, and um, then we we and he gets us behind them. He doesn't do that in his new movie, and it's like three hours long or something. So, like, how am I sitting through three hours of something when I'm not rooting for something or even knowing what they're trying to achieve? Um, That's the main fault of that is that there's no direction. 
We just don't ever know where we're going. Or why we're there. Or why we're wasting... And the characters our- aren't interesting enough by themselves to fucking make us want to stick around. No. No, not at all. Neither of them. Neither that's Pitt why, or That's DiCaprio. why the bride is is a good character is because she is interesting. Mm. And especially the story right from the beginning. It's yours. We know that there's a baby daddy out there somewhere that popped her. And so, like, we are, we are interested, right? We are compelled to move forward. But if you don't provide that like he doesn't in the fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, then it's, what the fuck, man? What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Why are we, are we why doing? are we wasting our time investing it in these people that we don't know what their goal is, their end goal at all? Yeah. We we even know the end goal of all the characters in pulp fiction. Like in each story there's a goal for each of them to get out of the city, to to um to like give up the life and move on to another life, to be the shepherd, whatever it is. They've all got a goal they're moving towards. Um, yeah, he just lost his way on that last one, unfortunately. Hey, he's such a talented guy. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I hope he does keep making movies, but just, just movies, <laughs> not like that last one. <laughs> yeah, our plays well, I mean, are Tarantino oh, was awesome. he's doing. Yeah, yeah, tons of respect for him, but yeah, this one definitely lost a little luster for me. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right. Well, um, still, still no rates very highly in the grand scheme. So that is wonderful, wonderful. Um, okay. So this will uh, pretty much tidy up our month of strong female lead movies. Yeah. How do we do? Um, well, I was just looking back. I think it's a big percentage. I think it's we three did. Three out of four, did, right? Yeah, I think we did really, really well. Um Really, really well. John uh, we abstained from uh, GI Jane, though. <laughs> he didn't abstain. He I couldn't, and call. no one, and no yeah. one liked Working Girl you, very much. So no, Working Girl. That's Melanie Griffith's fart, fault, if anything. And sorry, Melanie. There's like so many better movies. I'm so sorry that we did Working Girl for fucking. We yeah. should have done a better one. Movies. Sorry, ladies. All yeah. of our ladies. <laughs> yeah, you, there's better movies <laughs> than that one. Like this yeah. one with better female, strong female leads. So we're going to get into um, the next month worth of things. And we're going mostly 80s in February, but one movie is going to sneak into the 90s. But we just really, really wanted to do it. So um, someone had talked about uh, oldish comedies. Will they still hold up? We're going to find out when we watch Porky's. Oh, yeah. Summer camp ain't never been so fun as Porky's. We're going to follow that up with maybe you heard of it, maybe not. But it's called Fearless and not Jet Li's Fearless movie. We're going for a Peter Weir directed Jeff Bridges movie. Also, Isabella Rosalini. We want to see if she can actually act after being kind of wowed by her performance in Blue Velvet. Not the good (laughs) kind of wow. Yeah. Um, Never seen seen Fearless. We're going to get into Mr. Gene Hackman and the way he talks in the French with the French connection. And then we're going to wrap the month up with our buddy Jack in Chinatown. Uh, Thanks for joining us on this one. We had uh, a lot of a lot of laughs, a lot of good times with this movie, um, and it was definitely a, a really great revenge flick. Thank you, everybody. Uh, until we see you next time, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. 
Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.